This is the ERP Advisor. Today's episode, Legacy Software Review, Sage. Sean Wendell is our guest today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. Sean has over 20 years of experience in the enterprise software industry. On today's call, we will discuss the third largest ERP vendor in the world, Sage, and what the future holds for its various legacy platforms. Sean, welcome. Thank you, Julia. Good to see you. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. So today we are going to continue with our series review of various legacy software platforms focusing on Sage. And as I mentioned, Sage is the third largest ERP vendor in the world. From your experience, Sean, um, what can you tell us in terms of an introduction to Sage's legacy products? Yeah, you bet. Excuse me. Um, So Sage is, as you mentioned, one of the largest ERP vendors literally in the world. So that's a pretty big deal. Right. Um, So so it's definitely a very formidable application and or applications, um, application provider in the market. And, And it is interesting to sort of look a little bit at the history of the company and sort of where the organization is now. There has been a lot of change. But I was actually just in preparation for the call here, sort of went back and said, when did Sage, when was it founded? And it was founded almost over 40 years ago. So the organization's been around for a very long time, started off with some gentlemen that wrote an app and and it was good. And then they wrote another and it was great. And then they just sort of um, compounded the organization from there. And and there's been a lot of different um, organizations and software applications that have been purchased. Excuse me, and put into the the company over the years, and we've seen some changes. And you might hear "mass" is an old word, "mas" for some of the products, or you know, "intact" is one of the products that's there now that was independent before. So Sage has accumulated a lot of different products that are all pretty strong. So that's why it's important that we talk about them. But there are some changes that are happening for sure. You know, as, as we've really focused, Juliet, this summer on talking about ERP and the impact of cloud as a disruptive technology, right, that it's definitely impacted Sage as well. And so they're sort of um, have been working for several years on sort of what that strategy for cloud looks like going forward. And there are impacts to a lot of legacy clients really around the world that they need to think about what that means to go to the cloud and to really understand what is the the right strategy for that. So we'll get into that more in this conversation for sure. But just as a prelude, like, I'm glad we're having this discussion. It's important. Well, with that, um, do you have any insights you can share with us um, regarding Sage and their customer support or any considerations on the end of life of Sage legacy products? Yeah. And I mean, as I've said the whole summer for all of these apps, right, as people are listening and maybe there's even some Sage resellers, you know, they may say, well, 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 we are advisors. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, tell us, call us, tell us what's going on for sure. Right. We have a, an amount of research that we have access to. Um, but my experience has been <clears throat> so far this summer, we've gotten it pretty close with all the vendors, which has been great. But again, always open to folks out there letting us know. Actually, uh, even just recently, the Sage Intech folks reached out to us 
um, to sort of correct our view on one of the applications that they provide around, or one of the industries that they serve around nonprofit. The nonprofit mm-hmm. organization reached out and said, hey, you need to know da-da-da-da-da. I was like, thank you. So again, if you're listening to this podcast or you're listening to the call, even right now, you can call um, call us online. Um, but just let us know if there's some information that we're not getting right. Now, with that said, here's, here's what we're observing. Um, the SAGE 100, SAGE 200, um, SAGE 500, even SAGE 300, and there's a lot of variations of even SAGE 300. So that's the first thing, right, is that you really need to understand what product you're running right now. You may have an old version of SAGE 100 that's even called MASS 90 or MASS 200. That's what it used to be called before that MASS 90 is now called MASS 100. MASS 200 kind of is referred to SAGE 100, but also as SAGE 200. Ah, it gets very confusing. So there's been so many changes over the years. And it's true. When we talk to clients, we're like, okay, that's great that you run Sage, but what specifically do you run? So as usual, you know, you can go into the app. We're going to tell you, find out what you have today. So there's usually a help or an about or something in the product itself where you can click in and, you know, click help and about or wherever that is in your screens. I'm even looking at some of the apps I'm running right now. I don't know where to click, but um, but if you look within the product, it will say exactly what product you're running. So, and you want to know, not just say Sage 100, but you want to know the version of it. It could be, um, it could be Sage 100 2000. And then there's usually a V, some kind of a version behind that, right? Because each of the Sage products, they do have different sort of support schedules and some of them are going to be ending soon. So we were just doing some work, the digital marketing manager and I, he had sent over some stuff about sort of um, end of life for some of the products. And I mean, it's even confusing for me to take a look at, but here's the thing is when you have the version of your app, if you Google it, right? Sage 100 2019 V2, I think I should do this as we talk. Um, I did Sage 100 end of life, but see, that's the thing is you have to be really specific about the type of version that you're running um, and then just put it in end of life. And you're probably going to go to a Sage site. It's called support.na.sage.com. I think the NA is for North America. And they do talk about, like it says, what are the end of life dates for Sage 100? So that's really, really, really important. You want to know what's happening with your version of the, of the Sage project product that you have. Now, this is where it gets really confusing. Um, Again, Sage is the name of the company that has the different product lines like Sage 100, Sage 200, Sage 300 real estate, or Sage 300, um, I don't even know what it's called now, but there used to be a package called ACPAC that was Sage 300 accounting. But like I said, it's hard to keep track of all this. So when again, talking mostly to sort of legacy customers that are running Sage products right now, find out what you have. And that's super easy because you can go into the app and it'll say it. But then, like I said, Google it and find out what's out there, you know, and go to the Sage sites for sure. um, As best as you can, that's the best source of information for sure. So there are some products that are their end of life is coming up. It's expensive and, you know, we've talked about this many, many times this summer, Juliet. Like it's hard for these software companies to keep multiple versions going, right? You got to support this one and this version and this version and this version. 
you know, interestingly enough, I don't know if like some of the other products, if there's alternative support options for old Sage products. I actually, I don't know because most of the clients that we work with, um, usually if that if they're near the end of life with their Sage product, they actually want more capability and functionality. So they're usually looking at other products, right? Right. Um, I'll wait to talk about what those other products are for Sage as we go through this discussion, because there are other products that you should look at for sure. But a lot of clients, I'm at the end of life with Sage 100 and my business has kind of changed. I've grown. Uh, We brought in a new business line or we have a new management team that wants better reports. And I'd like to go look into the market. So, um, So that conversation happens frequently. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I don't know if like this just thought came to me that do you think some of these legacy platforms would extend their um, end of life because they don't want people moving off their platform because of their needs and wants and maybe another software would provide that? Like, would they keep extending their end of life to keep people on their platform? That, that's a great question. Right. And, and it's, 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 um, the answer is yes and no. <laughs> so right. look, I mean, software is, uh, about making money. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing, but there has to be exchange with the software and the customer and the willing to pay for it. And does the app meet the needs? And like, there's basic economics, right. To any business transaction that have to work or not work. Right. So with that said, if we're on an older version of Sage, let's say um, uh, Sage 100 2017, four or five years ago now, four years ago, you got onto this product. And um, I I should look, actually, I'm just going to pop out here real quick and just say like, so Sage 100 2020, of course, I'm looking at payroll. Um I would love to give you some specific information on this because you want to get this right. So here's an example. Sage 2017, 5.4 is a version. Release 2016, ooh, was retired September 30, 2020. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, it's hard to keep up with this stuff. Um, this is, again, from support.na.sage.com. So basically, if you're running that product, you're not supported anymore. Now, is that like the end of the world? I mean, no, because you can still use the product, but any kind of like um, tax updates, like 1099 updates or um, any kind of regulatory changes, you're not getting that. Um, Also, if there's any security patches, um, Sage is basically saying, you know, you're kind of on your own. Now, I know there's programs that Sage has to help people and they're not going to just drop you, right? Nobody would do that. They're a great business for that. They want to take care of their customers. But if you're not going to move, that's the risk that you have. Now, so so Juliet, I think the software vendors, they have to make the economics decisions, right? Because they write package after package after package every year. And to support all those old packages, let's say, is very expensive because you have to have an expert that knows 20 Sage uh, 100, 2017. Sage 12018, Sage 12019, da 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 da. Right? They need somebody needs to know all the differences so they can support that. 
But that's expensive. And again, it's not just an expert. It's multiple people that have to support these things. So after a while, software company just says, that's it. We're done. We're not supporting this anymore. You got to move up. You got to upgrade. Come on, chop, chop. You got to move, right? right? So it's there's realities there that um, if the economics don't make sense, they're going to drop the support. That's the bottom line. If the economics do make sense, I know they're going to continue with the support. Again, this is sort of high level that we're talking about right now. So you know, other apps we've talked about this summer, um, you know, look at SAP, you look at some of the Oracle business suite stuff. They have so many customers on certain versions of their product that they have to keep the support going, right? To a certain extent, it's going to end at some point because the economics don't make sense for the software company. Like, I, I mean, like my stomach kind of drops and I'm like, oh, I hate to say that to all the people listening that are Sage customers, Sage 100 2017, which isn't supported, BTW. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's just realities that um, that we have to confront, we have to look at, and then decide what to do. And, and again, the best thing to do is definitely to talk to your Sage account managers. They will tell you what options you have, for sure. Well, it may make sense to look into the market if you've had some changes in your business, but things change. They could come back um, again. Um, once something's not supported, it's done. Right? That's right. But if we have a date of 2022 is when support ends, they may extend it. But you also need to know, are there a lot of customers on that product? If there are, there's a good chance they're going to continue the, the support. But if there aren't, and if the vendor has other products that they really, really, really want to move you to, yep. Sage does, yep. and they're probably going to cut it. Like, yep. Yep. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Perfect good, sense. Good, good. Yes. So let me ask you, are you seeing, is there like a sort of sweet spot in the market for Sage today, um, whether it be for certain business size or certain industry types? Can you speak to that? I definitely can. Um, and, and that sweet spot, I think, has evolved over time, too. Um, the prior versions, right, of Sage 100 and 200 sort of ERP, um, Mass, Mass 9200 or um, ACPAC, which was sort of an accounting, more of a international package. Uh, the mass products were more domestic, but they certainly had more international, but ACPAC was definitely bigger international. Um, there's a Sage 300 construction, which uh, used to be called Timberline. Um, and even, even Sage Intact today, we got a package called Sage Intact. It used to be called Intact. Those applications are sort of geared towards, you could say, small, medium-sized organizations, especially the mass, the ACPAC, which would go a little bit bigger, right? Those products were geared towards maybe a you know, 10 to $20 million wholesale distributor, maybe a light manufacturer, a little bit of services, kind of like, a, you know, kind of a, a I don't know, like, a, like I say, a, a general like American business, let's just call it that, right? Where it was like, you know, you're somebody has a wholesale distribution business, they're going to use Mass 90 or Mass 200. Um, if they were construction, you know, on maybe the smaller end, under 100 million, they were going to use Timberline, right? ACPAC, financials, projects, and that stuff, maybe a little more international-based, which is a great product for that. Um, so, so you have sort of SMB, small, medium-sized business, like even preparing for the call. I think they've got like 6 million customers. Like that's crazy. That's more than wow. QuickBooks, I think. So 
somebody from QuickBooks from Intuit can correct that. Um, that's a lot of customers. Like that's tons and tons and tons of companies running their products. There's usually SMBs. That's the right way to look at it. It wasn't companies over hundred million or so. Not to say that they weren't there. I know, I know they were there, but that's who they really focused on in the past. Now, they also had a product called Mass 500 that was again acquired with the Mass sort of acquisition. It's called Sage 500 now. And that one is also end of life, you know, bless its soul, goodbye. Um, and it's it was for a bigger manufacturing kind of company. We did several projects with it in the 90s, I would say. No, 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 early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, so it was for a little bit bigger manufacturer for sure. Um, so that sort of tells you like, when you hear, when we used to hear Sage, we would think SMB, you know, like when I'd be talking to clients and they were like, yeah, we're a uh, $15 million cosmetics company and we're mostly wholesale distribution. We don't manufacture, but we get the product and we need to value it and we need to pick pack ship it and, you know, have sales and da, 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 da. Great, great opportunity for like um, Sage 200. But now what's interesting is there's this huge, huge customer base of, you know, say, I don't know, 500 or six, 500, 5 million, 500,000 customers minimum that are running these, these products that are legacy that all need to move to the cloud. Like they all, most of them want to move to the cloud. There's going to be some, they're like, I'm not moving to the cloud. Right. We've talked about this for years that right. some people want their data on premise. They're afraid that someone's going to get to it. Da, 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 da. And there's there's some truth. I get it. I definitely get it. Um, but you have this huge install base of customers. Right. Which is really the biggest value of Sage is their existing customers. And they have what appears to me. I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at for this one and I'm willing to take it. I'm a big boy um, to to go forward products with this company, Sage Intact and Sage X3. Those are the two major products that we see when we work with Sage, when we work with resellers, that those are the two products that have a ton of support, ton of roadmap, ton of executive support, ton of R&D, all that stuff out there. So, you know, imagine taking 5.5 million customers that aren't on Sage uh, Intact or Sage X3 yet. take And I'm just totally making that number up. But even if it's five or four million, that's a ton of customers, right? If we can take all those customers and move them to these other products, get them in the cloud, get the recurring revenue, like that's a hell of a business right there, right? right. That's a, There's a lot of, that's billions of dollars of recurring revenue. So I, that's what I sort of perceive is going on. There's some still there's partners out there that that will support the legacy Sage products for sure, um, and um, but a lot of them are changing. A lot of them are changing to um, the other Sage products, or they might even be picking up some other products, right? Like NetSuite or like. Acumatica. So there's some changes even happening on the partner channel too with Sage. So again, I'm kind of blabbering today, but I'm glad that we're able to have this discussion, Juliet. I know you don't run Sage, but I know you really care about the people that we talk to and and who we sell to and we try to help that, you know, in this area in particular, folks need to understand that, that there are products that they can move to if they're on the Sage products within the Sage family. And there's always better discounts when you do that, by the way. So it always right. makes sense to flesh that out. Right. But you should know there are there, there's just changes. It's just changing. Right. Change is, you know, part of life. Right, right. Europeans sort of right. like 
hard. <laughs> well, what I've learned from speaking with various clients of ours is that, you know, the fact that you, what you know, Sean, and what our team knows for all these different um, software platforms is it's invaluable, right? Like they come to us to help them because them trying to sift through all these dates and all this stuff. And, you know, they're trying to run a business. And so that's where, like I have learned because I am not a consultant and I don't know all the technical aspects of it. But what I have learned through all this is that how we can help our clients by providing the knowledge that you know, and you've taught our team. Yeah, well, and and that our team is gaining every day, right? I mean, we've got Carly on the team who's doing like a gazillion selections right now. She's not, but she's at least in five. Right. And so she's talking to these vendors who used to be Sage vendors who are now supporting other products. And, you know, they even have install bases of customers that they've sold the Sage products to that they're trying to help and trying to get them to the next level. And, um, but, I, but I do think to your point, Juliet, the one thing that we do provide um, over other folks is that, uh, you know, we really want organizations to do the right thing. And, and sometimes the right thing, the right thing is different for everybody. It, it, right. it really is, right? Sometimes you stay on your product and there's no reason to change. Maybe you're not supported, but maybe your business is just pretty stable. And, you know, to change would really disrupt a lot of things. Like, don't That's do right. it. Right. You know, all the way to the other extreme, which is your business is growing and you've got new lines of business that you're offering and you have new people. And like I said earlier, new management wants more data. They want more dashboards and KPIs and artificial intelligence and digital transformation and da, 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 da. Like, whoa, okay. This probably isn't the right thing to do is to stay on this older product. But I will tell you, let me give you the perfect example for what we see with Sage. And it's a client of ours right now. And they had, um, they used Sage for a lot, Sage 100 for a very long time, 15 years. Actually, I can think of two clients are almost the exact same, but I'll think about the one. The business went from a couple million in revenue to 40 million in revenue. So, you know, good size for sure. And over that time, then they also had a really good implementation partner. Somebody they really, really trusted, somebody who really knew their business and um, and it was okay. It was like a normal, like a normal condition. But what happens is the business got bigger, the, the, the requirements got a little more complex, and the organization had to start hiring people because they're doing things manually. And so you sort of look at what's happening with the software, and it's on a decline in terms of the impact to the business, right? So they're like, oh, my gosh, what do we do? So they went to market. They talked to several firms. They hired us. And we sort of came in and said um, – you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? You've been running this product for a long time, as most Sage customers have. And there are automations that are available today that weren't before, for sure. And your business is complex. And there are products that are built to sort of scale with you and sort of be more flexible so you can do the things you want to do. And they're like, okay, cool, show us, you know? So we went through a whole process. We said, no, 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 no. We're not even going to show you software until you understand the price and the risk that you're about to get yourself into. And we need you to confirm that that's okay first. So we gave him the numbers and all that stuff. And, you know, in this case, the owner's like, I, I got to do it. I don't really want to spend the money, but I know the benefits there. We got to get it. You know, I'm hiring new people that are banging on my head because they can't get the reports out of the system that they need. We're doing business with Amazon and SPS Commerce needs certain things, yada, yada. 
and it's just getting too manual. So yes, good. Like, good. Now go talk to vendors in the market. And of course, we go back to the incumbent partner, the partner who's been with them for a long time. And that partner isn't necessarily putting customers on Sage 100 anymore. They're, they've got other products that they're working for. But that partner really, really knows the business and they trust that partner. So they're really looking to this partner to say, um, you know, what products do they recommend and that. Remembering they also hired us. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't just go to the partner and say, I'll do whatever you want to do. <clears throat> so anyway, that's another story. So then we talked to several other vendors and, um, and basically have taken them through a process where they are like, oh my gosh, I see how my business could be more automated. I see all the crazy things our customer service people are doing for orders. We can just flow right through the system, build in um, basically artificial intelligence into the applications to decide is an order that comes through the website ready to process? If it comes through EDI, if it just comes through CSRs, can we just pass it right to the back? And, you know, the guys and gals in the back pick, pack, ship, and it's out, right? That doesn't happen today for them. (laughs) It's a very manual process. Actually print the paper in the front office. Somebody comes and grabs and brings it to the back office and then they stack it, you know, and then they, you know, whatever. It's, It's reality especially on the old Sage products. So long story short, you know, we have this great business, right? That is, is just, just a fun company to work with great people, the kinds of people you really want to help. Right. And now they're looking at these new products and they didn't even know this was out there. Right. And I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. And I'm going to say that, look, the software vendors have a responsibility to keep up with their customers. And I would say, and when I'm at a Sage conference, somebody will probably tell me something different. Um, but I would say that Sage has not kept up with their customers mm-hmm. to how some of their other competitors have. Interesting. So they've had to make some acquisitions. The Sage Intact acquisition or the Intact acquisition was a very, very big deal for that organization, for sure. Um, X3 was a product, I believe, that was built within. Um, Sage, I don't think they acquired that. I could be wrong. I'm getting X3 and um, uh, the AX mixed up with Microsoft because I think, anyway, so Sage is sort of in a little bit of a catch-up mode right now with the market. So, and with their partners. So it's because we've known some great Sage partners, mass product, mass, even ACPAC customers, even Timberline customers over the years. They've had to shift to other products to, to really stay competitive. So yeah. I, I do, like, I really hesitate to say some of this, but I also think, Juliet, what I love about our conversation is like talking to a friend, right? And I can't not say these things to a friend right? because you need to look at it. Just be aware for yourself. You can listen to me flap my jaws, but now at least you know the, the questions to ask of the people that you're talking to at Sage. That's right. That's right. And that's why we have been doing this review series, just so you know, everyone knows and is aware and, you know, whether they stay or change, knowing is everything, right? That's exactly it. So, well, continuing with that, um, and from your experience of working with various clients, what are the most important variables that you think um, uh, are important to evaluate in terms of staying with Sage and upgrading or looking to completely change to a new ERP system? Yeah, I love that question, especially for Sage kind of current customers, because um, like I said, most Sage current customers have really good partners. 
They have implementation partners that have, that they did maybe their initial uh, implementation years ago, but they've gone to for support. And those folks know the business well. They know their clients' organizations really, really well, which I have a lot of respect for that. So talk to your implementation partner and see what they're offering. I can think of one sort of legacy Sage partner that now offers some Sage and several other applications, right? So they can sort of do what we do a little bit. Um, I mean, we're a little more independent, but um, but they can offer, here's three or four different products and knowing your business, this is the one we think is the best fit. So there's a lot of value in that for sure. Being able to be that, you know, to, to go to somebody as an advisor. Um, I think the other thing is, um, again, depending on sort of your business model, um, you know, X3, when we think of X3, we think of pretty heavy manufacturing for mm-hmm. sure. Um, maybe some light distribution, some distribution also, but it's really built more for manufacturing, really complex manufacturing, right? So if you're a Sage customer and you're using maybe Sage 500, you know, X3 is a no brainer to take a look at for sure. Um, you know, Sage Intact is a really good, like sort of a best of breed accounting system. It does have projects, professional service automation. There's recurring revenue for software companies. There's nonprofit capabilities. That's really, really good too. Mm-hmm. But you just need to sort of say, what kind of business are we? And what sort of businesses or industries are supported by these products, right? You really need to understand the industries that the products, the new Sage products support. That's really, 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 really important. Because mm-hmm. there's some industries that they don't. Fine. Got it. <laughs> um, so I think it's, again, talk to your implementation partner. If you've had a good relationship. If you've had a bad relationship with them, then forget them. <laughs> um you know, that we've seen that also that some of the, frankly, some of the Sage sort of implementation partners, um, they've also sort of maybe fallen asleep a little bit at the wheel, um, sort of relying on sort of their recurring revenue basis too. I always feel like I'm like, God, what do people say about us? But, um, you know, our job is to share these observations in real time too. So, so you do have to watch out for that from an implementation partner that maybe is like, oh no, you don't need to upgrade. But, you know, I just went to sage.na.support.whatever, and it says that this current product is no longer supported. Well, I'll, I'll support you. Well, tell me what that means. Well, if you have any problems, I'll just fix things on an hourly basis, uh, hourly uh, TNM basis. Well, we haven't had problems in five years, so maybe that's okay. Right. Perfect. But maybe we've had a lot of problems. And uh, because we're pushing the app, uh, pushing the envelope of the product or even the implementation partners. So that's when you call us and, you know, we can help out with that, that discussion, even just to get going in the right direction. Yeah. Well, with that, Sean, um, do you, can you provide an outlook or give us some insights on where you feel Sage is headed in the future? Yeah, I, I sort of gave you a little bit of um, the indicator that there aren't... Well, I mean, I don't think anybody, any of the firms, I mean, if I think about Microsoft or Unit 4 or, you know, Oracle or SAP, just in terms of quantity of existing customers, I don't think anybody has as big of customer base for ERP as Sage. I'm talking numbers of companies, right? Not users or whatever's, but legal entities. No, I mean, it's like literally numbers of customers. They have a lot of customers. Yeah, and and clients when it comes to enterprise software, um, they don't like to change usually, right? They just don't for all the reasons we've talked about. So so I think the real opportunity for Sage is to really crisp up that message for that again 5.5 million customers out there that aren't on one of their newer platforms to say this is how we're going to really take care of you. 
and they're fine. They're set. That, that, that will set them up for another 20 years. Um, I think without that message, and there's great messaging out there already, but I think the more room they leave for confusion for, you know, the different publics that are out there, you know, you take the, the Sage 300 um, real estate application used to be formerly known as KN, what is it? FKA Timberline. <laughs> it's like a rock star name. Um, <laughs> um, you know, what, what makes sense? Sage intact construction. That's something that they actually in our research here, we just sort of pulled that up that we're looking at a construction solution, right? So Sage, I mean, for us to see this, Sage already knows all this stuff, right? They've been doing it for years and years, right? I mean, we work with all the veterans. We don't have time to know Sage's strategy. They do. So they are putting products in place that have, it makes sense for a client to migrate to the newer products that are cloud-based. Um, so I think just really making that message really clear and easy for customers to understand and having comparable, if not better functionality sort of puts us out of business. Right. And I'm okay with that because there's enough customers out there, you know, for us to help that we're totally fine. I really mean that. Um, but I think that's where I'd like to see Sage sort of go into the future for sure is to get that message totally clear so that, you know, a person who owns a $25 million, whatever gun range, who's running mass or um, uh, the old mass 100 or Sage 100. Like, I have no idea what to do. Here's your answer. It's cost effective. Here's a great implementation partner that can support you. Don't go to market and shop. You know, here's the data migration path that we can give you for real done. I'd love to see that happen. Right. Well, what we've learned, not just with this legacy review series that we've been doing, but honestly, through all of our topics and all of our clients is knowing what you need and being prepared and doing the due diligence for what is best for your company. Is that right? Oh, it's spot on. And I think the the only new thing that I would add to that probably looking at my own personal life, right, is is if software and upgrades and what do I do is one of those things you know you got to do. Like it goes on a list. Uh, look at what to do with Sage 100. Like you write it down, right? And then you write down everything else. And then you work on everything else except for that one item. And you're like, okay, fine. You do another to-do list later or you talk to, you know, strategic goal. We're going to upgrade and you do everything else, but you, or maybe a couple other things you don't do, but you don't do that, right? Over multiple years, we're not confronting it. <laughs> and I'm thinking of three things specifically on my list that keep moving on and on and on that I need to handle, right? I have a special list next to me in my office of things to handle that I don't handle. So it's, we're all humans, right? I get that. But I would say in this instance, especially, I do think Sage has some good support folks you just need to give them a call. Just start the process. Just go online and 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 is my Sage blah 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 version supported in Google? And you're gonna you're not gonna see my ads. I would never pay for ads like that. You might see some competitors. Go ahead and go with them. Fine, um, but you won't see us. We want you to get the data directly from the source, right. um, and then you'll have a you know you can call the the one eight hundred number, whatever that number is for Sage, and start talking to account managers if they're not already calling you. And just it's going to take a little bit of time, but look when you get the or you get to the actual facts, right? you kind of even know sometimes what they're going to say. And that's probably why you're putting it off. 
Right. But right. you need to get that information. Otherwise, as a as an employee of an organization or the owner, like you have a fiduciary duty here to know what the heck is happening with this product that's running your entire business or your nonprofit or whatever it is. So get the information for sure. It's out there. But you know, you might get to the end and be like, oh, I knew it. But I do think there are paths out there that are going to make sense to go for. But just do it. Just start. That's the thing. That's the thing. So, well, Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. And as always, sharing all your knowledge. I appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome, Juliet. And you have like the biggest ERP mind with all this data. That's oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> I'm learning from the best. I'll tell well, you. Thank you for, for caring so much about our clients too. That's what yes, makes it. Absolutely. Fun. So, all right. Well, I think we've come to um, the end of our time today. Um, everyone, thank you for joining us um, for our webinar today. Uh, please let us know if you have any questions. We're happy to help in any way we can. Um, throughout this series, we have actually gotten a lot of good feedback and people have sent us emails with different questions and we're happy to help in any way we can. Just let us know. Our next call is scheduled for Thursday, July 15th, when we continue our legacy software review on Dell Tech, Epicor, and IFS. Um, please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software consulting firms, advising mid to large sized businesses on selecting and implementing business applications, including ERP, CRM, HCM, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. This has been the ERP Advisor.